This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey adventurers, it's me, Gliza from Classical Adventures for One. Have you ever wanted to know more about the classical books that your teachers forced you to read way back when? Were you worried that they'd be dry or boring? Did you know that there's so much more genres to classical books than you have fingers? Fear not, adventurers. Let me, your dulcet voice tour guide, hold your hand and show you the very versatile world of books from the past. And maybe, just maybe, we'll learn a thing or two together. Go to Classical Adventures 4.1 or at Classical Gliza on Twitter to learn more. So, like, Romans had a tribe in northern Greece that was like, right? Rome is in Greece. I'm totally not making that up. I'm having a geography block. Help me. Geography is literally my worst subject. I'm no help here. Alexa, is Rome in Greece? (laughs) Alexa, are you our assistant? girl hey celestial wow it's like you've never said my name ever in life and it's almost like for a second you thought about calling me chelsea and then decided not to celesty girl just sounded really fucking stupid so (laughs) you're not wrong about that at all but Here we are. Welcome to Taboos, everybody. We are so excited to have you here today. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Pause for a side tangent. Nick, if you can hear me, this coffee is delicious. Okay. Go ahead. Okay. We are a podcast that talks about taboo culture with foul mouths and drinks in hand. And if this is your first time joining us, we are so excited you're here. If you are a repeat customer... Welcome back. Love your face. Hey, that's what we do. (laughs) It is. It is what we do. What are you drinking over there that you had to shush me so that you could get Nick's attention so that you could tell him about the beverage? What is the beverage? I was really excited because I told Nick about how he's official, although he did hear how he's official designated beverage chooser now. So he's taking his role seriously. And so you notice how it says 
Pabst Blue Ribbon, and I normally do. I would be suspicious of this. I wouldn't, but yes, the only beer with a ribbon. It's hard coffee. It's hard coffee. It's delicious. With 5% alcohol, that's legit. I don't love coffee, so I'm so happy that you love that drink, and I am jealous that Nick did not prepare me with a solid beverage choice for today, but I love that you have one. I was actually scared of it because I was just scared of it. You would like this. It doesn't taste like coffee. It tastes like a frappuccino. Like It tastes like chocolate. You're doing a great job selling this right now. You would like it. What are you drinking? I'm having my huge press pomegranate ginger. I really convince myself that every time I start drinking this, I will suddenly like ginger. I don't. Yeah, that's not really how that works. I just... I'm waiting for my taste buds to go through their seven-week cycle so that I will start to enjoy the taste of ginger because I really do like this beverage and I really do want to just love it every time I drink it. But I was looking at uh, today while I was working on our Patreon drink dissections, I was looking at the press page for different flavors. First of all, did you know that press is actually a Milwaukee product? No, that is awesome. Dead fucking serious. Yes, because I, as part of our uh, Patreon tiles, dear listeners and dear Patreon members, as promised, we started working on piling together our drink dissections, which we talked about a few weeks ago. Allie saying about it, it was a whole moment. And we are going to have those up on our Patreon, like promised. So, yes, I was doing this research, and as part of the little infogram that will be the drink dissections, I thought it was just really cute to include where the beverage comes from, and specifically I did that because I started our Patreon drink dissections while I was listening to our Basement Flooded episode, and Jordan was like, oh, it's from sweet old, good old, good old boy, Kingman, Arizona, and I was like, that obviously needs to be on this drink card, so now I'm going to just start putting locations on them, and if there's a specific location, it's quoted. So sweet old, good old, good old boy, Kingman, Arizona is on the drink card, but for press, it's Milwaukee. But I was looking at the flavors, and there's so many flavors that I'm stupid fucking excited to try, so I'm just trying to get through the struggle that is the ginger so that I can get to the other amazing flavors because there's some on there that I'm just really stupid excited about. There's a pineapple basil and I'm fucking here for it. Where are the rest of them sold? I don't know that because I'm going with all over the place. When I looked at, so it wasn't just Milwaukee. When I had originally looked up, I, I think I typed in like, where is press seltzer from and it at the top of the screen it just said illinois it didn't have a city it didn't have anything it just said illinois so i was like maybe there's like a distribution center in illinois but then as i did a little bit more research i did find that it is a milwaukee brewing company product even if milwaukee brewing company does not own press i couldn't really find that's a lie i didn't really look into who actually owns press. I do know that it's a woman. There's a really cute little uh, page about her on the About Us page on press, but uh, I didn't look that deep into it. I really didn't. So I just learned it's from Milwaukee, and that made me happy. That pineapple basil sounds amazing. Mm -hmm. If I find it, I will bring you some. Thank you, and that's how I know you love me, because I wouldn't bring you any. I'd drink that (laughs) shit myself. (laughs) Not shocked. That's a lie. But have you gotten to the pomegranate ginger yet in your mix box? 
Yes, I did. And I do love it. I knew you would. Do you know what I'm talking about? Can you taste the ginger in it? I'm going to say yes, just to appease you. Thank you. Not a problem. This is again how I know you love me. This is a real friendship, you guys. (laughs) I've liked every single flavor in the box. I like every single flavor in your box. That means two things. (laughs) What is that from? Family Guy. Thank you. You're welcome. Peter Griffin, my dude. All right. So, are you ready to talk about some taboo culture? I am. What are we talking about today? Today, on taboos, we are talking about tattoos. I see what you did there. I'm so excited about it. I actually, even with my notes, spelled it. T-A-B-O-O-Z-E. That's our podcast name. I spelled this as (laughs) T-A... Oh, I just got into, I just went into hyper mode for a second, hyperdrive. Today on Sesame Street. Today on Sesame Street, we're spelling tattoos, but we're spelling it wrong. And it is T-A-T-T-O-O-Z-E. Woohoo! I did it. The letter of the day is T. Apparently. Apparently, indeed. But, you know, it's really good thing that I know how to spell taboos. And I demonstrated that for you. And I just, I knew you were worried about my knowledge on how to spell taboos. So I just had to just make sure everybody knew I still know how to spell our podcast. (laughs) I'm a fucking idiot. It's fine. You were the one spelling it out for everyone for months. So we're good. I know. So now I'm just in the habit. But yes, today we're talking about tattoos and I'm so excited. And this actually was a request from a friend of ours. So uh, we're going to have a little section on her later. But Gliza, thank you so much for reaching out to us and asking for tattoos to be talked about and sharing your perspective with us. Again, we're going to get to that part later, but uh, I'm really excited about this episode and it's going to be a lot of fun. Same. I love ink. So I am so excited to find out what you found out. Can I stop repeating my words? Because last episode was full of that. I said actually three times in one sentence. And we talked about what we were going to talk about talking about while we were talking about it. I need a, uh, what's the word? Thesaurus? A thesaurus! I mean, yeah, that could work. Encyclopedia could work too. Who knows? Um, So just because you mentioned it, can we talk about our tattoos before we talk about tattooing? I love that plan. How many do you have? As she's counting. The perplexion on her face. She's just she's starting to use her count. (laughs) (laughs) I know. That's what I was narrating. Six? I really have more than you. Now she's counting and looking at her body. Oh, busting out the fingers. I literally can't figure this out. Okay, hang on. Foot, hip, (laughs) arm. And you shake it all around. <laughs> I think six. Foot. I think hip, you might be right. Sternum. But arm. Did you count that weird prison tattoo on your ankle? Yeah. Yeah, I think six. <laughs> do you want to say that again so we can make that whole thing a blooper thing, or do you want to keep it? Six. <laughs> six. Final answer. Okay. Six. 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 The number Hail Satine. The beast. That's what Jordan would say. Shout out to Jordan. Dad's on Dayquil. Hail Satine. I'm literally still counting. Oh, again. 
How many? We're do at you thirty-six have? at this time, given how many times you've counted them. <laughs> how many do you have, you asshole? <laughs> now I don't even know. Now I have to count. I think I have eight. Four. Twenty-seven. Thirty-eight. Forty-two. Seven, eight. I have eight. And by the end of February, I will have started my ninth, and I'm very excited about it. What is your ninth going to be? <gasps> I didn't tell you yet. No. Oh, my God. Okay. So remember how I talked myself into getting my sternum done, and I was really excited about it, and I was here for it, and I had my appointment ready, and then COVID hit? Vaguely. You remember vaguely this conversation? Okay. Well, I was going to get my key to Arkham on my sternum, and... That fell through, and now I'm super fucking scared, especially because you won't come with me to get it done. So I did not say that. You did, too. You told me that like five times because you won't come with me and sit there with me while I make porn star noises and I'm getting tattooed on my sternum. I was joking. Oh, well, now maybe I need to make that fucking appointment because I haven't been doing it because I've been scared. Jesus Christ, I would go with you. Okay, thank you. I'll make fun of you the whole time, but... That would be unlike any other tattoo appointment that I've ever had. How? Okay. Yes. Excellent. The silence is an acknowledgement. But my ninth that I'm getting and I'm so excited about, I'm going to get my hyena on my thigh, on like my outer thigh. I love it. I know. I'm super fucking excited about it. She's going to be beautiful and striking, but like vicious and slobbery all at the same time. And... Oh, I'm so excited. Okay. So there's that. I just, I can't wait. I want like 8 billion. I don't want to be one of those people who's covered in tattoos, not because I have an issue with that, but because I personally like being able to hide them. I just personally like that. But fuck, if I could cover every inch of my hideable skin with tattoos, I'd fucking do it. I just want, I also want a lot of tattoos. Excellent story. (laughs) (laughs) i have no like boundaries for them i guess i know i know do you have a favorite tattoo that you would just like if you had all the money tomorrow you could wake up go get it do you have a tattoo that you'd get tomorrow the next one i have planned which is my one for moose i'm really excited for um i've wanted a phoenix for a very very long time as well so that someday awesome what are you gonna get for moose can i ask or is it top secret it's a moose I love it. I'm very creative. I love it. I'm really here for it. I'm really excited about it. Yeah. I want my key to Arkham on my sternum. I want... I found a really cool... They they look like plot points, to be honest, but they make the shape of the King of Cups. And I want that really badly because I have found that the King of Cups is my tarot card. Not only have I pulled it so many times, but like as I read it and as I feel that card, that card is me. So I really want the King of Cups. Um, And those are the three that I'm at so far. But yeah, I have eight and two of those include my eyebrows. So I'm really to this point, every time I think about getting my sternum done, I think about the fact that I raw dogged my eyebrows the second time that I got them done, like the touch up. And then I feel like I convinced myself that if I could raw dog my eyebrows, I could get my sternum done. And then you look at me like that. Sure. What? 
<laughs> Allie, I had a needle on my face like for so long. I can't get my like my sternum's gonna hurt more than that. Celeste, I have a very high pain tolerance and I have my sternum done. Okay, well, here we go. I just have to say, too, I also want to get my Star Trek insignia behind my ear still. So that's a really little one that I'm looking forward to someday. I love that. Do you have a favorite tattoo of all of your tattoos? That's tough. It's probably, it would be my sternum one or, you know, nope. Now that I think about it, no, I don't. They all have really specific meaning to me and I couldn't choose. I'm the exact same way. I honestly am the exact same way. And then my favorite thing is that sometimes I never forget that I have tattoos. Like I never forget that they're there. But sometimes, especially when they're hidden, I kind of forget what they look like, right? Because you don't see it all the time. And then you like take off your pants or you take off your socks and you're like, oh, look, there's such a cute little tattoo right there. And then it just like makes me happy all over again because I love them all so much. My favorite is when I'm standing in line somewhere and somebody is trying to read the one that's on my forearm and they're like (laughs) upside down trying to read it. And I'm like, you know, I can turn my arm right side up and make this easier for both of us. Broken neck syndrome while they're trying to read your shit. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I forget you have that one. I forget that you have that one because I love your forearm piece so much that I forget that you have your underarm piece. It's on opposite forearms. I understand that, but I don't, in my brain, think about them that way. (laughs) Oh, look, you can hold them both up at the same time. You're such a dick. (laughs) Hey, guys, if you were wondering what our friendship is like, this is 100% it. This is it right here, this moment. I just... I don't know if you've gotten that vibe up to this point, but here it is (laughs) in all its glory. Uh, If I had to pick a favorite, I probably would choose between my elephants on my foot or honestly my anchor on my wrist. And I think that my anchor is one of my favorites because it's just so cute and small and it is so meaningful to me. And also because I see it the most. Like it is the only tattoo that I have that is not constantly coverable. Like even if I wear a long sleeve shirt, I still can't 100% cover up my anchor. So it's like constantly there. And I think for that reason, it's one of my favorites. I can understand that. So since we talked about our tattoos a little bit. Do you want to know where tattoos came from? Fuck yeah, I do. Fuck yeah. This was fascinating and I really got into this because I was like, give me all things tattoo. I need to understand. Yep. I am geeked to learn. Fantastic. So here's my disclaimer for this episode because there is one. And the disclaimer says this. Uh, We both have tattoos. So there's that. <laughs> I really wrote that down so I wouldn't forget. Um, Much like anything else that we talk about, if it isn't your skin and it's just not your business, like point blank period, don't worry about it. All we ask is that should you get tattoos, you get them legally, responsibly, and safely, right? Like maybe don't go to that back alley with that guy who's using some broken glass as a needle. Maybe find a reputable establishment instead. That's all I care about. Can I just interject and say also maybe just go to a reputable establishment period because I can attest to that as I have a cover-up piece due to a piece that was done for $20 by a shop that just said tattoo. (laughs) And that was your original prison tat. Did you have that one before you had the one on your ankle? Yeah, right? That was your first one? 
It's not on my ankle, so I'm not sure where you're getting that from. It's on my foot, but the one on my foot was done in high school by a friend. <laughs> not prison. AKA a prison tat. <laughs> Same thing. And the one on my wrist was done by an actual legal establishment once I turned 18 and decided that I needed an a perfect circle symbol, as in the band on my wrist and it looked like somebody did it with sharpie and they were two years old it was a rough tattoo but your cover-up piece is so fucking beautiful i stare at it all the time actually because i love all of the different directions of it and i love how bold it is while it's still so feminine i just absolutely love your forearm cover-up thank you i loved your face when you hit that the face you made when you hit it punched it with i fucking hate my life it's fine So, now that we've disclaimered, let us move forward to the birthplace of tattoos with an O-O-Z-E, because for the entire context of this episode, please know that's how I'm spelling it, even though I say it normal. Just like the way that I say fuck is actually spelt with an H for anybody who doesn't know. I spell things phonetically, because I'm a (laughs) two-year-old. So, the birthplace of tattoos, let's start there in my notes. I went to smithsonianmagazine.com and I found this article called Tattoos, the Oldest Documentation of People. No. Tattoos, the Oldest Documentation of the Possible Quote Unquote Why. Is that really the title of this? No, it's not. I just started making notes. I don't have the title of this. I do. The title of this article was called Tattoos. And I thought that was a good place to start. You did just witness that whole thing happen. <laughs> what just happened? We can't we can't talk about it because I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea what just happened, but a lot, a lot in a very short time span did happen. So back to what I've learned here. I'm just gonna drink. It's the safest bet, really. It's it's the only safe thing there is. Okay. So the oldest documentation of the possible quote-unquote why of tattoos dates back to about 4,000 to 3,500 BC. Additionally, small bronze implements were found as tattooing tools were discovered in the town site of Garab in northern Egypt, and they were dated to be about 1450 BC. So the why came from like 4,000 BC, and the instruments themselves that were found that were not completely disintegrated because they were a material that did not disintegrate. Those came from 1450 BC. So I just kind of wanted to start there as the sense of like, that's how far back we're going for just the why. And this this article kind of jumped around and I personally jumped around in the way that I used it. So the tools are important and those time frames are important. Okay. Ancient Egyptian women were found to be the exclusive bearers of tattoos in that culture. Tattoos were seen as a few different things per modern interpretations of, like, studying those mummies and studying their culture. They could have meant a couple different things, but the primary thing that tattoos represented were actually that women were marking their status or class, and they were considered to be a mark of prostitution or as a protector of women from STDs. So that was one interpretation of what tattoos were in Egyptian culture. 
which I really thought was interesting. Like to wear this mark is what is going to stop you from getting an STD. That is wild to me. I thought so too. But then on the flip side, other beliefs are that tattooing became a therapeutic role and functioned as a permanent form of an amulet during the very difficult time of pregnancy and birth. A direct quote states, This is supported by the pattern of distribution, largely around the abdomen, the top of the thighs, and the breasts, and would also explain the specific types of designs. In particular, the net-like distribution of dots applied over the abdomen. During pregnancy, this specific pattern would expand in a protective fashion in the same way that beaded nets were placed over wrapped mummies to protect them and to, quote, keep everything in. So really, they would tattoo their bellies and the pattern of the dots would expand and that was kind of their symbolism of keeping the baby and all things that like kept the baby healthy in their belly. That is so cool. I thought so too. I really did. But here was what I didn't like about that thought. I did not. I really struggled with this and I couldn't find anything that said I, I'm thinking about it correctly or not. What I didn't love, though, what I what I thought was kind of weird was, like, did women get the tattoos on their bellies before they were pregnant or while they were pregnant? Because can you imagine getting your tummy tattooed? First of all, getting your stomach tattooed sounds painful as fuck. Like, I know people with their tummies tattooed, and it's painful. But second, can you imagine doing that shit while you're pregnant? So to me, it wouldn't be that painful, honestly. But the thought of having a stretched skin and getting it tattooed really freaks me out. I agree with that. And I think maybe that's less my focus in the sense of how these tattoos were applied, which we are going to get into. But I don't disagree with you at all. The idea of my skin being like stretched, stretched, like in pregnancy, and then how honestly, like how fragile your skin gets. That's where stretch marks come from is your skin just rips, right? How fragile your skin is at that state. I just don't want anything sharp near my belly and with a baby. Sharp belly and baby is not an equation that I enjoy. I'm just not interested. Agreed. So another quote states, the placing of small figures of the household deity Bess at the top of their thighs would again suggest the use of tattoos as a mean of safeguarding the actual birth. Since Bess was the protector of women in labor, would make his position at the top of the thighs a suitable location. This ultimately would explain tattoos as a purely female custom in this culture. So again, at the time, only women in Egyptian culture had tattoos. That is not the same for all cultures. That is just this one. However, Egyptian women are not the oldest recordable person with tattoos. The oldest being, I think his name is Otzi. It's O-T-Z-I, the Iceman. And he dated from around 5200 B.C., So I have a note that says, although this is older than the first record of the Bible, this is not older than porn. And then I have another note that says, ancient porn could have had tattoos in it. Shout out to the OG Suicide Girls. Nice. I really, I'm I'm about it. I'm here for it. The Otzi information, the Otzi, the Iceman guy, again, if I'm saying his name wrong, I'm so sorry. But he came from the NewYorkPost.com. Like, I had taken a little sidestep because I thought it was important to talk about the fact that he was the oldest recorded person in history to have tattoos. And he had, it was really weird. I was looking at some of his tattoos. 
he just had little lines and dots like along his spine but kind of toward the base of his spine kind of like where his like barbie dimples would be i'm sure he didn't have barbie dimples or maybe he did but do you know what i'm talking about like that lower area of his like hips and back yep it literally looked like somebody was like keeping tally on his back. I'm sure that's not what it was, but it was just really interesting to see like the oldest tattoo. I thought it was really cool. So we're going to hop back to the Smithsonian article. My next thing is called, what instruments did they use? Because that was a really legitimate question that I had. Quote, it is possible that an implement best described as a sharp pointed set in a wooden handle dated circa 3000 B.C., discovered by archaeologist W.M.F. Petrie. We should all acknowledge that his initial spell Wednesday, Monday, Friday, and I loved that news. He also found the aforementioned set of small bronze instruments, which were, again, from circa 1450. So he did find instruments that were older than those bronze needles, but the bronze needles were the first thing for sure that they looked at, and they were like, oh yeah, that's totally for tattoos. These resembled a wide, flattened needle, and if tied together in a bunch, they would provide a repeat pattern of multiple dots. So I really think about when we were kids and we took, like, skinny markers and we held them together to make, like, one rainbow at a time instead of coloring the individual lines of the rainbow. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. It also makes me think of those. Did you ever have the, um, I don't know what it was called. You'd, like, squirt. Nope, never mind. Please continue on with your thought and cut whatever I just said. You lost me at squirt. <laughs> I really thought you were going to go in the direction of one of those pens that had like the multiple colors. You know what I'm talking about? Like the the click pens, but they had different ink cartridges. I think I mixed two toys together in my mind. So I used to have the one toy where you would squirt paint on it and it would spin. Oh, like a spirogram. Yeah, but I was thinking that it had different, you could also put like a pen on it and the pen would have different, like multiple tips in it and you could do different designs on it with multiple tips, but I'm pretty sure those are two different toys. No, they're absolutely not. That's a real thing. Oh, well, anyways, please continue. Okay, here we go. So what were tattoos made of was kind of like my other question, like thinking back to that far. And I've I've heard different, like, I don't know if they're myths or just different education, but I have never heard this version of what tattoos were as far as like the ink. So this fucking blew my mind. Can I just take a quick guess? Yeah. Crushed beetles and indigo? That's all I have. Those are probably really great guesses, and I would not be surprised if at some point in history that is an actual correct answer. However, for this time period that we're talking about, it is not the correct answer. So, usually a dark pigment such as soot was introduced to the pricked skin. I said the the soot, and you made a face. What What's your face for? What are you making this face for? Well, it's soot. Seems like a terrible idea, but I guess hindsight is twenty twenty. Super terrible idea. Super. Ooh, can we acknowledge that 2020 is now hindsight? Oh, snap. Oh, my God! That was a braingasm that I was not prepared to have. That was just like a quickie braingasm, like a 10-minute session in the laundry room kind of braingasm. But... Yes, soot. Terrible idea. And what I also thought was really interesting about the soot process is that they would poke a hole in your skin first. Okay, and then I'm going to continue on with what this says. 
So a random but important quote from the English writer William Lane, who is from 1801 to 1876. He observed, quote, the operation is performed with several needles, generally seven, tied together. With these, the skin is pricked in a desired pattern. Some smoke, being like black or like the soot, or wood or oil, mixed with milk from the breast of a woman. It is then rubbed into the holes that were poked. It is generally performed at the age of five or six by gypsy women. So, literally. I just had to be here to make some noise. It's Maple. I just had to be here to make some noise. I was holding up my finger because I was making so many faces during that that you were not <laughs> seeing. Because not. all of that was so disturbing. Super fucking disturbing, right? So, let's go back to this thought of... Let's go back to the pregnant belly thought, okay? Women were getting tattooed at the age of five or six. Now, keep in mind, the lifespan in this time frame is not the same as the lifespan today. I mean, King Tut was what, like 13 or some shit? Like a child. I think he was even younger. I think he was like Like nine? Yeah. Eight or nine. Yeah, nine stands out in my head for some reason. But so does 13. I don't remember, but either way, he maybe was 13, but even that, even 13 is still a fucking child. Like, you are a fucking child, without question. There's not even like, a, oh yeah, maybe he's just a really th- mature 13 year old. Like, no, absolutely not. But women at the age of five or six were getting these tattoos done, okay? And they were getting them done on their bellies for this protective, one of the theories being for the protective aspect of pregnancy. So then I go back to my question of, were they pregnant while they were getting their bellies tattooed? Or did they get their bellies tattooed with the intention of someday getting pregnant? Which that that piece seems weird to me because that would be an, a waste of time and honestly resources. If you weren't going to have a baby, what would be the point of tattooing your tummy? Well, yeah, but if it's your intent to have it and it's part of your ritual and belief, then you're going to do whatever you can to help put that forth. That's true, but the the pattern is to represent keeping it inside. So that makes me think that it was while they were pregnant. And then I have this image of five and six-year-olds being pregnant in my mind with tattooed bellies, and there's just so many things wrong with that in my brain. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and keep in my brain that it was done in their childhood for future pregnancies. I'm just going to go with that. I'm going to go with that. <laughs> I I like that plan. Okay, but also, let's acknowledge, though, how fucked up it is at the idea of a six-year-old sitting for a tattoo. Oh, yeah. That would be... I mean, tattoos today are painful. Can you imagine getting it one fucking poke at a time? And then they're like, okay, sit still so I can rub this breast milk soot into that wound I just made. Well, here's the other thing I didn't know. I didn't realize that it was multiple needles in one, so that just blew my mind, too. Agreed. That they were multiple needles, and then they were tied together. And I just, I think about all the things that could go wrong here. Like, not even in a dramatic way, just in the sense of, like, what if they became untied, like, mid <laughs> mid tattoo? Like, now this circle is lopsided because one of the needles fell out. Like, I just, there's so many things that could go wrong that I just think are so hilarious contextually. But had I been there, if I could get in my little time machine and go back, I'd be like, stop this right now. Don't touch that child. Like, get away. <laughs> No tattoos. 
here. None. I don't know. I just thought that was really interesting. I had to share it because that piece really got me in so many different ways. So the next piece that I want to talk about is tattoos in different cultures. And much like anything, there are two sides to this conversation. We are going to start with the side that talks about tattoos in cultures in a positive way. So many cultures take the practice of tattooing and the concept of having tattoos to mean different things throughout all of history. So one culture might have hated tattoos and likes them now. They might have really embraced tattoos and hates them now. Like, it is different all over the world. So keep in mind this piece as we move forward talking about different countries and different cultures. Not everybody stuck with what they originally started with. Accounts from ancient Greek, Roman, and British cultures indicate that tattoos were considered a mark of nobility. Only the wealthy would have them. The Romans named a northern tribe Picti, which literally translates to the painted people. So, like, Romans had a tribe in northern Italy, and they literally called them the painted people because they were just covered in tattoos. And I thought that that was super interesting because, obviously, the Roman Empire was a real fucking long time ago. And to imagine people at that time in history having full body tattoos is just really fucking cool to me. I wonder if there's, were there, like, pictures available of them or no? I honestly, I didn't look for the Picti tribe. I didn't. We should, though. I didn't mean actual pictures, but you know what I mean. Depictions. Oh, like a demonstration of like, yeah, depictions. Well, what was really interesting was when I was looking at the Egyptian information, there actually were mummified remains where you could see the tattoos. And it was crazy. The tattoos were in such beautiful condition considering, one, how they were made, like soot breast milk in a hole in your skin like they fucking looked good and two given the level of decay like yes mummies are mummies are preserved to such an extent like without question the entire mummification process is fascinating to me disgusting as fuck i never want to be mummified no thank you but it's fascinating at the same time and to see that thousands of years later you can clearly tell what this tattoo was on this person is fascinating to me and there were tons of pictures of at least the ancient egyptian women and like i said before the Iceman guy there were a couple pictures of his body too his tattoos just the idea of like Skin is such a fragile thing, right? Like skin is one of the most fragile organs we have, if not most fragile organ we have. And yet like these mummies were preserved so well that like you can tell what their tattoos are. I just think that's fucking cool. Yeah, that's pretty incredible. Yeah. Highly recommend for anybody who's curious, like just go look at it because you're like, oh, that bitch had like a fucking face tattoo that you can totally tell. Like it's not like a mole that maybe grew weird. It's definitely a tattoo. A quote from the portion in which I got this information. Why didn't I cite this source? Okay, so uh, this is me admitting to everybody I made a mistake. I forgot to cite my source for where I got positive tattoo experiences. I'm really sorry. I did find this on the internet. I'm not, I don't know. I don't even know what to do right now because I've never not cited my sources. So 
I'm not plagiarizing. I did get this from someone else. I don't fucking know what else to tell you. I'm really sorry. So direct quote from this article that I didn't cite says, Yet amongst the Greeks and Romans, the use of tattoos, or stigmata as they were called, seems to have been largely used as a means to mark someone as quote-unquote belonging, either to a religious sector or to an owner in the case of slaves, or even as a punitive measure to mark them as criminals. The fashion was also adopted by Roman soldiers and spread across the Roman Empire until the emergence of Christianity, when tattoos were felt to, quote, disfigure that in God's image, and so were banned by the Emperor Constantine from 306 to 307 AD. So that's the concept that I think that, I mean, we're not getting into this in this episode. I mean, maybe we will. I don't know. Are we going to get into Christianity hating tattoos? in this episode i just want to say that you know how there's a thanks obama thing no i have literally no idea what you're talking about there's like a thing where everybody blames obama for everything and the reaction is thanks obama our thing is thanks christianity because that's literally how it feels with almost every episode i do feel like that's true i think about my quote of white people fuck it up for everybody else i think about that but like christianity really fucked it up for everybody else it took I feel a, that way. It took a lot of the fun things and just went, yep. Not fun anymore, bitches. So other cultures that had tattoos, like pro-tattoos, pre-Columbian cultures of Peru and Chile, extensive facial and body tattooing was used among Native Americans, such as the Cree. Greenland Inuit women have been found mummified from 1475 AD, and they have facial tattoos. So I think that might have been one of the women that I found, and she has like this little symbol on her jaw. And you can, I mean, literally her skin is on her skull. There is nothing left of her except this tattoo. And it's really fucking cool. Inuit tattoos are extremely beautiful and interesting to me. I agree completely. This is a quote from the article. Evidence for tattooing is also found amongst some of the ancient mummies found in China, Taklamakan Desert, circa 12,000 BC. Although during the Han Dynasty, which was from 202 BC to 220 AD, which is a long fucking time, it seems that only criminals were tattooed. Adversely, Japanese men began adorning their bodies with elaborate tattoos in the 3rd century. Polynesian cultures have been known throughout history for their elaborate and cultural tattoos, including highly elaborate designs that can cover the entire body. I actually think that Polynesian tattoos are, like you had mentioned, Inuit tattoos, like culturally are super beautiful. I think Polynesian tattoos are some of my favorite cultural tattoos. What I hate about the adaption of Polynesian tattoos is every fucking frat boy who is like, let me get a sleeve, and they get some like Polynesian tribal thing, and it means nothing to them. That shit pisses me off. But actual tribal art, I think, is so fucking beautiful. I agree. It is beautiful. Polynesians actually are owed credit for the term of tattoo or tattooing. A quote from the article states, following James Cook's British expedition to Tahiti, it, wow, I said that like so proper. I did not mean to. Following James Cook's British expedition to, oh, it's because there's two T words next to each other. That's why I can't figure it out. So dude went to Tahiti. There, I said it. I fixed it. 
1769, the Islanders' term for tattoo, meaning to hit or strike, gave the West our modern term for tattoo. And the difference in those two words is spelling. So if I'm pronouncing tattoo in the sense of like where it originally came from wrong, that's on me. But the spelling is T-A-T-T-A-U, which in my mind is pronounced as tattoo. Can you spell it again just for my curiosity's sake? T-A-T-T-A-U. Seems like that's how it would be pronounced to me too. Yeah. So shout out for the word, yo. Appreciate everybody who helped us get to that point. So then my next section of tattoo information is called sans tattoo, as in no tattoos in this culture. Here we go. This came from andreacatton.co.uk. And the article is called The World's Least Tattoo-Friendly Countries. And then I was like, obviously, that's what I'm fucking looking for. The first being Denmark, which I thought was really surprising because remember in our porn versus reality episode, we were like, fuck yeah, Denmark got their life together. Literally three years before pornography was legalized, tattoos were considered illegal. Whoa, crazy. I know. Since 1966, Danes have been forbidden from getting their face, neck, hand, or head tattooed. This could soon change as of this 2016 article. Like, I couldn't find anything on it since. But according to 2016, this was maybe a change coming. But I couldn't find that it had, in fact, changed. So if we have any Danes who are listening or anybody in that area who is familiar if that law has changed, we would love to hear about it. But as of what I found, head, face, neck, and hands were considered forbidden areas for tattooing. Turkey is next on the list. Turkey introduced a series of stringent measures, including a ban on tattoos in schools as part of an overhaul of the country's education system. So they basically were like, if you're a student, you can't have tattoos, period. So by schools, do they mean colleges as well? or It says the country's education system. So I'm going with any form of public schooling, including university. Wow, crazy. I thought so also. That is not even the craziest one on the list, though. So just you hold on to your panties. I'm holding. You can't see. (laughs) I was waiting for you to tell me you weren't wearing any. (laughs) That was my next note. I'm actually not. So Excellent. So Iran is next on the list. In 2015, Iran banned tattoos as well as spiky haircuts and the use of tanning beds on the grounds that they are implied devil worshiping. No Bart Simpson. You know what? Actually, I really, I need to put my notebook down and I need to look at you and make this comment. Do you know what I really thought about as I thought about this policy in Iran? What? High school Allie would not have been allowed in Iran. What? Why? Didn't you have a fucking, that your green spiky hair and your, come on, don't fucking do this to me. It was like emo hair. It wasn't spiky. You say spiky hair and I literally think like Bart Simpson hairstyle. Allie. It doesn't say Bart Simpson. It just says spiky hair. So no scene girls in Iran. (laughs) No. Next on the list is Sri Lanka. This is a direct quote from this article, and I actually thought this whole thing was fucking crazy and also really fucking scary, and I just cannot imagine being in this position. So, in 2014, a British tourist was deported from Sri Lanka because of a Buddha tattoo on her arm. Quote, she was arrested upon arrival at Colombo Airport for, inner quote, hurting others' religious feelings, and inner quote. 
as the authorities take action against perceived insults to Buddhism. So I'm going to continue with this story. It's not completely over. But all she did was have a Buddha tattoo on her arm. And their policy is that could be offensive to someone's feelings. It is illegal. I'm torn on that. Let me maybe finish the this part of the, the Sri Lanka notes and see where we get. Okay. The article went on to say, Miss Coleman, who told police in a statement that she practiced Buddhism, explained, quote, I was taking my suitcase out. One of the taxi men at the stand stopped me and said, oh, this is a big problem in Sri Lanka. You've got a Buddha tattoo. The official religion in Sri Lanka is Buddhism. So rather than seeing this tattoo as an homage to the religion, it's actually considered insulting. That's all I have on the Sri Lanka part. I have more countries to talk about, but I want to hear your thoughts on this piece specifically. I think if you're traveling somewhere, religion is central to that area like Place. it is yeah. yeah, like it is there. It is your due diligence to be responsible about it. Do I necessarily agree with the course of action? No, especially considering she was a practicing Buddhist, but to me it's on her. What are your thoughts? I have really similar thoughts. I do. I struggle that I struggle in the sense of like you said, she is a practicing Buddhist. So this tattoo obviously meant something to her. And it wasn't it wasn't a tattoo of like Buddha with a fucking arrow through his face or like it wasn't it wasn't anything demeaning or bad. So I, just like having cultural representation of Buddhism in your home and in your sanctuary for practice, I guess I really struggle with why that couldn't be on someone's body and still mean the same thing. Like that way you have you have your spirituality with you at all times. I understand that that is not how everybody looks at tattoos. But it was very obvious to me in this situation that that is what it meant to her. And the article didn't say if she got in trouble or not. It just said that she was deported from Sri Lanka. But she was just visiting. So I think that they probably were just like, dear Miss Coleman, please go home. I think you hit it on the head there. That's obviously not how they view it. So it is what it is. It is what it is. And I can't say that they're right or wrong. I did just think it was really interesting. Yeah, I agree. Especially because here's what I think I get stuck on. It wasn't an it wasn't a quote unquote opposing religion. I think if she had showed up with I'm literally just going to use Satanism because it's at the top of my head because I was working on some Satanism stuff today. If she had shown up with a Satanism tattoo and they were like, "Whoa, like that would have been different. That wouldn't make sense to me." Okay, that would be like, that's fucking offensive to our culture and our religion or something like that. But the fact that it was her own practicing religion, that is what, not even her, because she might, I mean, she doesn't need to practice that religion to get that tattoo in that country she does or would. But either way, I think because it was their religion, I struggle. I just struggle. I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying it's wrong. I respect their decision, obviously, as a country and their culture and whatever. But I think that's where I just am like kind of scratching my head a little bit because it is the same religion. So like, how could you be mad at it? Obviously, I'm just making assumptions here, but I think one way it would be viewed is it's one of their holy figures on an unholy and unworthy body. An an unworthy temple per se so that's a really interesting point 
And I I would have my own personal thought to respond to that, but specifically because we're talking about the religious aspect of it, I'm not even going to go there. I do think that you're right. I mean, we're just guessing. We don't know. But honestly, that would make sense to me because it wasn't, Buddha wasn't made to be put on your body. I, I get that correlation now. So interesting. And I love that we went down that little Buddha rabbit hole. Can I tell you that I used to want a puggle? not a pug, an actual puggle. And I wanted to name him Buddha and I wanted to get him really fat so that I could go Buddha, 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 Buddha. (laughs) I wanted that so bad. You just don't even know what to do with me. It's fine. Mostly because I hate puggles and fat dogs. I now hate small dogs and I'm impartial to fat dogs. I don't know. I don't know. All right. So the next country, I didn't know that this was a thing. This is in reference to Islam. But according to this article, this region was called UAE. I do you know what that is? Yeah, it wasn't even it wasn't even like abbreviated. It I'm sure it is an abbreviation, but it wasn't marked as an abbreviation. It was literally just called UAE. I got nothing. Okay. So the next quote is in relation to the UAE. Even though you will not be legally penalized for having a tattoo in the UAE, it is forbidden in Islam because it is considered a form of self-injury. That one I thought was really interesting as a we don't we don't like tattoos because because truly we, you and I both love tattoos and they do fucking hurt. Like even my least painful tattoo, which was probably my bicep, is still it still was a very fucking painful experience. It was like there was nothing pleasant about it. It went really quickly, but I I can understand that correlation of self-harm, especially when I think about people who get like huge pieces and they sit for hours like that. In a sense, I could understand being looked at as like a form of self-torment. Well, and whenever you get a tattoo, you bleed. So yeah, that's true also. And even though it's not by your hand. Like, you didn't actually hurt yourself to get there. You chose it. Like, it's a choice. A tattoo is a choice, obviously. So, I, yeah, I thought that that was a really interesting one. The next being Japan. A study done in 2015 stated that 56% of hotels and inns didn't allow visitors with tattoos to enter their public bathing areas. And then I was like, bathrooms? Dot, dot, dot. Because I didn't realize that public bathing areas were a thing. I Like, I really, I still don't know. What is a public bathing area? Public bathing areas are a thing. There's public bathhouses. It's very, very common. Like a co-ed dorm room kind of a situation? Like. But like public? Kind of. So picture, I don't know if it's necessarily all in living situations, but I know you can actually go to, for instance like massage places and then go to a public bathing area within the massage place where there's literally just people hanging out and you all get in one big bath or one big shower area or sauna and that's it and generally it's nude well obviously it's nude oh really shut the fuck up oh really they bathe fully clothed i said sauna so i wanted to clarify i was not weirded out by this thought process until you indicated that they were nude which made it infinitely better so thank you So only 31% of these establishments permitted tattooed (laughs) bathing. You're just like waving it around. This is my spirit finger. (laughs) Oh, it hurts to laugh. Allie, it hurts. My my abs hurt so bad. It hurts to laugh. (sighs) Okay. 
Only 31% of establishments permitted tattooed bathers to enter, while 13% said that they could enter as long as the tattoos were hidden. Tattoos are traditionally associated with Yakuza, which is an organized gang in Japan. The next country is North Korea. There is no law against tattoos in North Korea, but they are subject to certain regulations, and they need to have some sort of ideological element. Per a quote of a man who recently escaped North Korea and settled in South Korea, stated, quote, In North Korea, tattoos must carry praise of the Kim family or carry teaching of the state. They must have a political purpose in them. Examples of these would include, quote, Guard the great leader to our death, quote, We are the general's offspring, and, quote, Defense of the motherland. Holy and fuck. I really wrote in my notebook, I know, I really wrote in my notebook, funny, not funny. That's crazy. I can't imagine... I can't imagine. Like, you cannot get a tattoo unless it says we are the general's offspring. And then I'm like, are there 8,000 dudes with the same fucking tattoo walking around North Korea? Like, I don't know why, but that gave me some serious V for Vendetta vibes. I've never seen that movie. Oh, my God. I know. Get out of, hate get, me. It's fine. Yeah, get out of your house. Why? Wouldn't that be where I would watch a fucking movie? I don't care. You need to go. <laughs> You're removed from your own house where you could watch this movie. Fuck off. <laughs> it's really good. You would like it. Okay. Isn't it like Kate Beckinsale or some shit? First off, please don't ever pronounce my future wife's name that way ever again. I'm no, really I, I sorry, actu- future wife. I actually don't know how to pronounce her last name. But no, it's uh, Natalie Portman and Hugo Weaving. So you're going to be her future wife and you don't know how to pronounce her last name. It's Beckinsdale. It could be Beckinsdale. I have no idea. She's British. (laughs) You're probably right. I don't fucking know. (laughs) Okay, so shout out to Kate. So adversely, South Korea, tattooing is not illegal in South Korea, but the law states that only a licensed medical doctor can carry out the tattoo. Therefore, a growing number of tattoo artists are vulnerable to prosecution on the whim of local authorities. And then there's like a sub-bullet that says, Officials say the law is justified by health considerations, which include the risk of hepatitis and HIV infection for improperly sanitizing needles. Although that makes sense to me. It makes sense. Like, the, the safety risk of it, right? The, the health factor of ensuring that all of the tools are sanitized, like, to a medical grade. Yes. Completely understand. Agree. One billion percent. That's what we were talking about before in we don't give a fuck if you get tattoos, but get them safely. Don't go to the place that uses HIV needles. That's pretty straightforward, right? But in South Korea, you don't even have that choice. It's just a doctor's office. So did you say they needed a doctor's degree? Yeah, you need to be a practicing licensed medical physician in order to do tattoos. Wow. Yeah. And you have to get it at the doctor's office. So then I think about like the closest that I could relate this to in American culture would be like plastic surgery, like completely cosmetic, where like you can't get Botox shots at a tattoo parlor, right? Like you have to go to a plastic surgeon. This would be the same thing. You cannot get tattoos at a tattoo parlor. You'd have to go to a tattooing doctor. But here's my thing. Think about this with me. Just overall culturally on the grand scope of umbrella perspective when we talk about doctors okay all over the world doctors all over the world is one of the most renowned professions is it not yes okay 
How many doctors do you know who would be willing to spend 12 years and hundreds of thousands of fucking dollars to become a doctor to then do tattoos? Like, that is not a thing in my mind with the doctors that I know. Like, all of the doctors who I personally know would never be like, yeah, let me do tattoos on the side because... Can you imagine Magic Hands doing tattoos? No. No. That's just not the kind of dude he is, right? Like, he's just he's just not that guy. I don't know any doctors who would fit the personality type of a tattoo artist. Agreed. And that's not to say that doctors can't have tattoos. That I'm not saying that. And if there are doctors who do tattoos, fuck yes. I want to hear from you. I want to know what that's like because those just seem like two different worlds to me. But I just don't know how realistic that is. Like, I just don't. Yeah, I agree. And now I have this image of magic hands giving tattoos and it's just, he would be so fun to sit with for a tattoo though. He would. And you know that conversation would be fucking dope. Agreed. Because he has dope conversations with us when he's being magic hands. So... I'm just saying, if he can hold a conversation while he's looking at my cervix, I'm sure he could hold a conversation while he's giving a tattoo. Yes. Thank you for acknowledging with words because the listeners can't see you nodding at me in disapproval at my comment. (laughs) So the next portion that I want to get into is actually our girl Gliza, who runs the Classical Adventures for One podcast. Shout out to our trailer. That is her show. She's adorable and fantastic, and I absolutely so appreciate her sharing this story with us and this perspective with us because this was such a big deal for this episode. Again, this was honestly kind of where this thought process for this specific episode came from. So huge shout out to our girl. Thank you so much. We love you. We appreciate you, and your show is fantastic, and I love all of your tales. So thank you. Please keep it up. Yeah, you were one of the first ones to come to us with a taboo topic that's specifically correlated to you as a listener that was from another country. That was super exciting to us. Oh my god, yeah. Like, beyond exciting. So, thank you. We love you. We appreciate you. I know I already said that, but I'm just absolutely just so stoked. So, here we go. So, Gliza's perspective was this. Quote, The idea that tattoos are only for criminals is a really big thing in Asia. My culture is specifically Filipino, and I have tattoos. I have heard many things about it. It can be a lot worse in countries like Korea and Japan, and that has changed recently, where it is technically illegal. I had to wait until I got married and moved to a different country before I got three tattoos at the age of 30. And even then, my parents didn't speak to me for a week. I was always told that only criminals get tattoos, and honestly, that's very close to what Japanese people think in regard to tattoos. End quote. Gliza explained the meaning behind her first tattoo, which was a phoenix with a little girl in the middle to represent an accident that she went through as a child that she survived. The other two that she has, she just got because she liked them. Quote, when you're told all your life that you can't get a tattoo, your first tattoo always seems meaningful. But the thing is that tattoos shouldn't have to be super meaningful before you can get one. It's my body and I don't have to make justifications. No one should have to justify what they do with their body. Like, if someone wanted to get a tattoo, that's on them. We are free to judge whether we will associate with them or not. I can look at a Nazi tattoo and think, quote, well, that's a terrible thing. And either you were a terrible person or you are a terrible person, or maybe you made some mistakes in the past, but the point stands. That's their body and their choice. Shout out to Gliza and one of her tattoos, which is a turtle sitting on a book. 
And her direct quote was because I like books and turtles, which I think is the cutest fucking thing I've ever read. And I loved that. I really did. I loved that part of the message. Yep. One of the things that I really love that she says there is, I fully agree with the fact that what people choose to get on their body is not any of our business. I used to be in the position that we could judge what people got on their bodies, but that's their decision. And it's up to us whether or not we interact with them based on it, but it's not our decision what they get on their body. Does that make sense? Oh my God. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think about I think about some of the tattoos that I have in my friend group, right? Like Kelly has her hands tattooed. Mo has a giant Pikachu on his arm. Like those are just their choices. You know what I mean? Like I don't even have a position on them. I I don't allow myself to have a position on them for a few reasons. The first being tattoos don't make a person. Like, they really don't. Symbolism, racial symbolism, I have a little thing that I want to just say, but racial symbolism is a little bit different. But, like, the fact that Mo has a Pikachu on his arm does not make him any less or more of anything. The fact that Kelly has her hand tattooed doesn't make her less or more of anything. The fact that I can hide my tattoos doesn't make me less or more of anything. Like, who we are as people is not defined by our tattoos. Just like the lack of tattoos does not define a person. I completely agree with what you're saying. I think I just took it to a different place. Like, if if somebody has tattoos, fucking cool. If they don't, fucking cool. It doesn't really matter what those tattoos are. It's your choice, like you said. Yeah, and to take it one step further, if somebody puts something derogatory on their body, that's their choice, and it's up to me to decide whether or not that's going to impact how I view them. But once again, that is their choice to put it on their body. That is not my choice. You know what I mean? It's still their choice to do so. Yeah. So actually on that thought, that stems two different thoughts. But on that thought, I want to ask you, what was the reaction when you came home with your first tattoo? I will never forget mine. I'm curious if you remember yours. Like you got your first tattoo and whether you were, you would have been 18. I don't recall. I don't think that you were living with your mom at 18. But the first time you saw your mom with your new tattoo. Do you remember the reaction? I was not living with my mom and I do not remember. Okay. Sorry. I was 18. Oh my God. Don't be sorry. Don't be sorry at all. I I don't even know why I remember this, but I do. It just stands out in my head so clearly. I was 18. I had been 18 for my birthdays at the end of May. I got this tattoo in the beginning. I was 18 for maybe two weeks, maybe two weeks. And it was, it's my biggest piece so far. It's the star on my back. I have a star on my love handle there. Now everybody knows that that's there. And in each of the tips is a letter for a family member, for my stepdad, my mom, my sister, my brother, and my grandmother. And some of those letters have multiple meanings, like the B, which stands for my brother, also stood for my friend Brooke, whatever. Okay, this is a really meaningful tattoo to me. And it says inspiration under it. And I sat for like five hours to get this fucking thing. And it was my first and it's huge and I love it, but fuck. Okay, this was a committal tattoo like all tattoos are permanent but this thing this thing is on my body now (laughs) okay and I will never forget coming home to show it to my parents and I was so fucking excited and my mom started crying and I was like oh because you're so emotional because you love it right and she looked at me and she goes I made that body and you ruined it and I was like um okay and then my dad was like let me see so I walked over by my stepdad and he said 
And I was like, look, you're a part of the tattoo. There's a W. Like, you're in this tattoo. I was so fucking proud of myself. I was so excited. This tattoo means everything to me at my 18-year-old self. And he says, although I'm flattered that you thought of including me, you didn't need to put my name on your body in order for me to know that I'm important to you. That's permanent. And I was like, wow, clearly I don't belong to you people. <laughs> like, I will never forget, like, they just, tattoos and my parents are not, they just don't blend, right? Which is so weird because my biological father and my stepmom, between the two of them, I'm actually pretty sure that they could cover an entire human's body with their tattoos. So I don't know if my mom and my stepdad took it to this place of like, your biological father and your stepmother have these tattoos and like, we hate them and they're trashy. Now you're going to be trashy because of your tattoos. I don't know. But then similarly, I have a memory from my most recent tattoo, which is my anchor on my wrist. And when I went to my my parents' house, my mom, I was talking and I talk with my hands just in case nobody knows that. I talk with my hands and my mom caught a glimpse of my wrist and she said, what's on your wrist? And I showed her my anchor and she goes, "Ah, it's so cute. It looks like you drew it with Sharpie. Did you draw it with Sharpie? And I'm like, no, it's an actual tattoo. And she goes, I mean, I got my hopes up, but it's still cute. Like, what is wrong with you people? What is wrong with you people? So there. My reaction to that is just my eye roll and my head rub. Yes, real. So while I don't remember my mom's reaction to my first tattoo, which is just the, hopefully, the Chinese symbol for tiger, because who honestly the fuck knows anymore? (laughs) Who knows? My sternum piece is quite strange. I love your sternum piece. And I forget that you have it. I often forget that you have it. And societally, it's weird. And I remember my mom's reaction to it. So listeners, it's an eye. It's semi-based off the piece that the artist Alex Gray did for Tool for their Lateralis album. And it's a very important album to me. And it's covering my solar plexus, what would be my solar plexus chakra. And it's just something that means a lot to me. But it gets a lot of weird looks, especially at the beach in a bikini. And I remember my mom's reaction was, why an I? <laughs> and I explained it to her and that was it. We moved on with the conversation and she was cool with it. I'm very lucky in how accepting she is of things that she might not even understand. And I definitely got a weird look, but... That was it. Yeah, that was it. I was waiting for Hank to... I mean, at least she didn't tell you that she made you and now you've ruined ruined her masterpiece because that's legitimately what my mother said to me. Oh, I'll never forget that shit. And then I think about, okay, so this episode is obviously about tattoos, but now I'm in the mind space of when I pierce my nose. I pierced my nose myself when I was 15 years old because I've wanted it done. I wanted it done. And I did it at a bathroom at school. A lot of my piercings actually came from my teenage years and I did them myself for the most part, which is so fucking weird because I'm terrified of needles. But I pierced myself all the time. Like, it's stupid and irresponsible and I shouldn't have. But my mother wouldn't let me. So in true Celeste fashion, I was like, I'm going to fucking do it anyway. So I did. And I came home with a piercing stud in my nose And I had every intention of swapping it out for a little stud. And I kept trying to fucking tell her that. She was like, that thing's fucking hideous. What the fuck is wrong with you? Because a piercing stud is a fucking normal earring, right? So I had a normal earring in my nose. And she was like, you ruined your face. Like, what the fuck? You're so beautiful. I hate you right now. You ruined your face with that fucking thing. You're not wearing that. And I was like, "Mm, okay. I did for a long time because she wouldn't bring me to Claire's to get... (laughs) 
nose ring. And then I, I just, I, I remember maybe three or four years later, I kept it. I got a little nose ring and I either avoided her or she didn't say anything about it. And I will never forget that like three or four years later, we were at the mall and she was like, do you need any nose rings? And I was like, are you buying them for me? And she was like, sure. And I was like, okay. And that was how I knew at that point, four years later, that my mom had finally accepted my nose ring. So my mom is not the body modification approver in our family. My mom was far more upset about my piercings than she was about my tattoos, but I'm not sure if that's because I was underage when I got my piercings and they were done in somebody's home. I think that was a big part of mine, like the one time that my mom found my belly button piercing and it was infected because I was super allergic to the belly button ring. mm, She about whooped my fucking ass that day. (laughs) I really thought I was going to die on that day. Maybe if I didn't have gangrene on my stomach, I would have. I didn't have gangrene, but it was really infected. That was just just a terrible visual. (laughs) You know what's even worse? My sister found it, and my sister was like five when she found it. I was laying on my grandparents' floor, and she walked up to my mom, and she said, Mama, I want a sparkly belly like Chicky. My sister calls me Chicky. And my mom was like, what? And my sister was like, I want a sparkly belly. And my sister's like drawing a circle on her fucking stomach by her belly button. And my mom was like, uh, okay. And I got really mad, like 15-year-old Celeste mad, and I stormed off and I went into the bathroom. And my mom like ambushed me and she was like, lift up your shirt. And I was like, no. And she was like, I want to see your stomach. And I was like, isn't this like child abuse or some shit? And she's like, I want to see your fucking stomach. If you don't show me, I will murder you. And I was like, okay. And I did. And my fucking stomach was trash, like super infected. It was bad. Oh, God. Yeah. I don't, I don't miss that shit. But Here's my question. Tattoo or piercing related? Doesn't really matter. How do you feel about, now that you're a parent, how do you feel about Moose doing a body modification? Oh no, he can do whatever he wants. At the right age though, right? Yeah, I would prefer he comes to me to like help choose his artist or wherever he, if it's a piercing, whatever shop to go to so we can assure it's done properly. But yeah, whatever he wants. I'm totally fine with. And that's my position too. And I have actually had this conversation with Tiny a couple different times because Tiny does not have her ears pierced, right? Like I never got her ears pierced as a kid. And I know that this is a totally different body modification conversation, piercings. We will have an episode on piercings, I'm sure. But here's me just having this thought. So she doesn't have her ears pierced and she was asking about it for her birthday. And she was like, what if I wanted my ears pierced? And I was like, then you can absolutely fucking get them. Like, go ahead. Let's do that. And I know she's not ready because I know her and I know she's terrified of, of piercings and she's terrified of needles. She doesn't she doesn't do the poke very well. And I know that this just came from a place of like her friends got earrings for their birthdays and she she wants to wear earrings, but she doesn't want to go through the process of getting her ears pierced. So we actually did have a like an actual conversation about at whatever time you want to start doing body modifications, we will do that. Like if you want to start tanning or and this is within reason, you guys, I'm not going to get my seven year old's tongue pierced because she says she wants it. But when my daughter wants to start tanning, I will take her tanning and I will make sure that she's doing it responsibly. Like that's her choice. She should get to choose that. If she wants her nose pierced, 
we will go, like you said, to a reputable place and get her nose pierced. I just think it's so stifling as parents to not allow your children to express themselves. And if that means that they get a fucking nose ring, let them get a fucking nose ring. Wouldn't you rather they do it on your time while you're watching them than like I fucking did in the girls' bathroom at my fucking high school with somebody's dirty fucking earring? Like, really? Those are your options. So really think about that, dear parents. Yeah, dear God, I want to create that level of trust before that happens because that is not good shit. No, agreed completely. So the other thought that I had, thank you for going down the the conversation with me of like what our body modification reactions were like. The other thought that I had that I kind of just want to end the tattoo piece on is this. As it relates to gang, racial, or human trafficking tattoos, there are actually a lot of salons that will cover up those tattoos for free. At least in America, that's a very common thing. If you have a tattoo like this and you're ashamed of it, know that there is absolutely no shame in getting it covered up. It's not who you are anymore. You have made your life choices. You are where you're at. All you can do is grow and move forward. So I just wanted to throw that out there too for anybody who has never heard of that. Like that is a real thing. I know the specifically few shops in our area that do that. And we're a fucking no place on the map, right? There are thousands of places that do this. So this is a common thing. Please just go find it. Like if you if you have a fucking swastika tattoo, they'll cover it up for free. You should get that shit covered up. Get it, get it gone. Be done. Okay, thanks. Love you. Bye. And then the last thing I have in my special guest notebook for today says, this is not the only conversation that we are going to have about tattoos, but we wanted to start here. So stay tuned. This is the history. This is where tattoos came from. We do have other thoughts on tattoos that we want to talk about, but I thought that for our first tattoo conversation, just to kind of lay the groundwork, that this was a really good place to start. Yep. I think this was perfect. So what did you learn here today? I once again wrote it down. Oh, two times in a row on a Celeste episode. I'm fucking here for it. The Egyptian women bit just blew my mind. Mm-hmm. Ignoring the child portion of it. Yeah. Yeah. Ignoring the child part. portion's super fucked up. I think the thing, I know you didn't ask me, but I'm going to tell you. The thing that I learned, (laughs) the thing that I learned besides all of the cultural aspects of tattooing, like where it's okay and where it's not okay and the different reasons why, or like the doctor thing, the fucking doctor thing blew my mind, especially because I brought it to the place of magic hands then being a tattoo artist. That was a great little mental adventure for me. But the breast milk thing, the breast milk and soot being what makes a tattoo and then also the concept of like poke a hole in the body and then rub some shit into it and now that's a tattoo. That whole thing was absolutely mind-blowing to me. That's what I learned here today. I knew that portion of it that the hole was made and then the pigment was like rubbed into it but I I didn't know what was used as pigment obviously so. Like breast milk. Breast milk. What? Yeah. Why? I'm not so sure that I'm excited to have learned about that, so. (laughs) I just, I also think this is so fucking gross, and now I'm here, and we're going to do this. I think about, like, wouldn't it go bad? Like, like what would prevent the breast milk from, like, spoiling? No. No. What, What do you mean, no? We're not thinking about that, or no, it wouldn't happen? No, it's not really how it works. It's in, why not? That bacteria is now in your fucking pores. It just dries. Like, you can. Wow. Yeah. I don't even know what that was. 
I don't either. So breast milk is thought to have certain medicinal properties. So there could be some underlying things there as far as that goes. I don't know. I don't have anything scientific to back it up, but I would suspect that has something to do with it. That's an interesting thought process that I didn't really think about as it relates to the breast milk thing. Yeah, I, I just thought it was really interesting. And that's definitely one of the things that I learned here today. So dear listeners, we hope that you learned something here today too. I really enjoyed this episode. I did too. I really did. And it this was one of our episodes that it just very much felt like us. Very you and I. Agreed. Not that I don't love having guests, because I absolutely do, but even some of our not guest topics still don't feel like you and I moments. And I thought this one was a you and I moment. This is just a very you and I topic. That's true, too. I just had a few random shout outs I wanted to do today. It is specifically for other podcasters that have been showing us a lot of love lately. Campfire Classics has been shouting us out a lot on Twitter lately. They are hilarious. They cover stories on the shelf that you would generally pass up in hilarious manners. I highly suggest checking them out. Erin from I Had to Say It has been showing us a lot of love lately. Erin, you are so sweet. Dustin from Sandman Stories. Okay. I have been listening to I love Dustin. Dustin. Oh my god, his voice is so soothing and I love the music that he uses. Yeah. Agreed. If you need Agreed. something to fall asleep to at night, check out Sandman Stories. For real. I fall asleep to Dustin probably four nights a week. Like, And honestly, Dustin is my like Celeste. Stop fucking around and go to sleep now. That like when I have reached that point in my insomnia where I'm just like either get up and start your day or go to bed, Dustin is who I turn to. Yep. And then big shout out to Ian from Why Whiskey. <gasps> yes. I was waiting for your response. So Ian Ian told us that he, his wife, and their 19-year-old son listened to our virginity episode together and that his son had some comments on it. And just hearing that they listened to it together gave me all the feels and made me so happy yep that shit hit me right in the heart like i did i cried a little bit just i don't even care what their conversations were if they were sitting there like this is fucking stupid like i don't care i'm sure that's not what happened or he wouldn't have told us about it but the fact that like as a family they sat and listened to us have this conversation and then it sparked a conversation for their family like that is all we can ask for is just for these conversations to be had. And the fact that we were that starting point, like, that is such a fucking honor. And I am so humbled by that experience and so grateful. And just, Ian, thank you so much for telling us that and sharing that with us because I cannot tell you how happy that made us. Yeah, that was just so cool to hear. And to hear that it was with your 19-year-old son. I mean, yes, he's an adult now, but still, it's about virginity. That's still a semi-awkward conversation for a parent and a child to have most of the time. So, To make us a part of that is really fucking cool. Beyond fucking cool. And also, I mean, yes, 19-year-old, you are an adult now, but that's still your baby. Like, as a parent, like, that is still your baby. And I just, yes, I don't even have words. I'm just going to ramble if I start. So, truly, that meant so much to us. Seriously. Also, may I give a shout-out? Of course. My shout-out is for Josh from Four Nerds by Nerds. I love Four Nerds in general. Like, 
the whole fucking everything. But specifically, our dude Josh is so fantastic and he listens to every episode and he loves to send us his thoughts. And he also, oh my fucking God, best friend status goes to Josh for making us our Pokemon Satanism little music video or whatever the fuck you want to call it. Like our competition marketing, he took it to a whole different level. Melissa killed it with the flyer itself, but then Josh made us a little video. And if you haven't seen it yet, go check it out. This is not just a promo for the competition, but also or contest or whatever the fuck we called it. But also seriously, I just asked Josh if he would share it because their podcast is for nerds by nerds and i was like if we're gonna hit a nerdy market who's interested in drawing pokemon like it's probably on their fucking page like it's probably their listeners and he was like yeah 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 i'll totally share it i got you and then literally like 15 minutes later he came back with this fucking video and he was like is this okay and i was like i could fucking kiss you like this is amazing this is magical like you did not have to do this like oh my god josh i love you you're amazing i have literally watched that like 3,700 times. I watch it multiple times a day. It makes me smile. It really does. The little, I love the little Satan that pops into the Pikachu. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I love your voice doing it, Josh. Same. All of it is amazing. Every second of it. So there was my, I have other shout outs, I'm sure, but that was the one that I've been dying to share. On that note, the contest ends in, let's see, when this releases, I don't even fucking know. Math is hard. So you have 10 days left to enter our What is Satan's Pokemon Evolutions contest. You will have the option to choose merch or an Amazon gift card if you are the winner. Enter, enter, enter. We want to see what Satan's evolutions look like. We do. And also, can I tell them the secret Patreon thing? Yeah. Okay. So we have already seen some of the artwork that has come in. Matt from Anime Talk gave us some. Josh drew us some. And I know that there are a bunch of other people who are working on them right now. And you guys, like seriously, I have loved every single image that has come our way so far. Even if we need a winner, right? Because we need merch. We need, we want this for our merch. But even if your art isn't the winning art, we are going to create an album on our Patreon of all of the submissions for Pokemon cartoons. So there will just be like a little Satanism folder and people can go check out the different drawings that were submitted and we'll make sure that we give artists credit where it's due so everybody can just be proud of their amazing artwork because even the ones that are like drawn, which are still significantly fucking better than I could draw. But even like the quote unquote rough drawings are fucking amazing. Agreed. Like Josh's little goat demon dog thing. Like, oh my God, it's so cute. Yep. And I love Matt's suave final evolution. Oh my God. Yes. With the fucking pimp cane and the hat. Like, yes, yes, I'm here for it. So we just wanted everybody to know, like, this isn't a participation award moment because we are not those people, but genuinely, we really appreciate that everybody is taking time and effort and energy to help us with this project and be involved in it with us. So just know that even if you don't win, your art will still be represented on our page because, like, I just, it gives me all the fucking happies. It really does. I think that's pretty much all we had, guys. If you want to... Support us. We have a Patreon, like Celeste said multiple times now in this episode. I think that's the most we've ever mentioned our Patreon. I was going to say that was like a major fucking Patreon plug, and I wasn't even trying to. I'm just saying it's where we're going to put things. There's cool things on there. There's different tiers. That's pretty much it. We appreciate it. 
we do we appreciate it and we have other cool shit that comes from the patreon page so it's not just the pokemon album we do our bloopers there we have our drink dissections on there my crack dip recipe is on there we're just gonna kind of put shit on patreon like the cool extras and shit so if you're interested in any of that that's where you'll find it if you want to get in contact with us at all we have our socials which is taboos the pod on twitter and instagram taboos on facebook taboos podcast at gmail we are going to have a new website that probably nobody's ever going to use up again soon it's going to be pretty people please use it i'm really excited about it and i think that's it other than we love all of you we do we do we love all of you we're so glad that you're on this journey with us we didn't say this at the beginning and we normally do so this is just me wrapping it up by saying y'all are fucking awesome we love you and as always do you be taboos that was the cleanest outro we've ever fucking done. <laughs> hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag, say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to Quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.